Mr. Yanoff, good to see you. Sup? Thanks. Happy to be seen. Press subscribe and like. <laughs> Press the bell up here if you want notifications. Subscribe and like, and you can see all of my new stuff. You can't hug me, but you can press subscribe and like. Look at how good you look, Shashi. What's with the beard? Is this quarantine, Shashi? Yes. That's where the viruses are hiding. So they can get lost. Welcome to another episode of Consultants Saying Things. I am Chris Lockhart. Today I'm joined by uh, Shashi Shramali, Phil Yanoff, and a new podcast member, uh, Carol Hamilton. I want to give Carol a welcome. Shashi, I, I, want, to, I want to throw to you because this was your idea, right? You know, this seemed like a timely important subject to address, right? Because of the implications for work and for clients and for consultants in general. So can you give us like the one minute overview of your thoughts on this topic? Absolutely. And I think, you know, for last couple of weeks, um, country and in fact, many parts of the world has come to a standstill. Uh, we have seen uh, changes in our personal life. We have seen changes in our work life. We have seen changes in our priorities between work, home, personal family and stuff like that. So I thought it would be a good idea for us to get together and understand the impact of uh, this coronavirus globally um, in the various aspects of life, whether it's a personal life, whether it's professional life, clients, uh, what does it mean for consultants? What does it mean for technology consultants? Should they be scared um, that you know big meltdown is coming and they need to be prepared for that or they should be excited. There'll be some other opportunities open up. Maybe there are some skills which they need to develop, which will differentiate them from many others in the market. So we can have uh, some meaningful conversations um, with different skill set. And I'm excited to, um, you know, and would welcome Carol also in the team. So looking forward to a great conversation. That's, uh, let, let's get rolling. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, you mentioned, you know, technology consultants. And I mean, our audience in the, in, in the past has been, you know, largely, um, you know, technology related uh, on the technology side of the house. Carol, um, I know you, you don't just deal with technology consultants, or maybe that's not even your primary uh, audience. Can you give us like the two minutes on what you do sure. and, um, and your perspective on, on this subject? Sure. As it turns out, my biggest client actually is a, is a global technology consulting firm. So um, I, I actually pretty, I'm pretty heavy in the space. And, and my take on it is about communications. It's all about the messaging. How are you crafting the message? Where are you delivering it? Um, how are you delivering it? And of course, at this point, it's when are you delivering it? So, and then it, it falls into that executive coaching standpoint because there's just there's leaders being tested in ways they've never been tested. And so that's my shtick is as I focus predominantly on communications and then listen to brilliant people like you help guide what you see based on when do we deliver these messages. And it's, it's been an, an extraordinary time. Not my favorite, but extraordinary. The thing is, we can't get each other face to face, right? So that's been one of the things that's been wrapped around what I do is how do I bring people face to face? And, you know, we've always valued that strongly over everything else. That stopped 
all of my stuff in that space has stopped. So uh, I'm having to do what we do completely different. I mean, my old model simply is completely on hold. You know, let's, let's talk, let's open this up and talk about the impact to work, right? Mm -hmm. Phil, yeah. I mean, you just talked about the impact to your business. Um, right. You know, how, how are you accommodating that? Is this, is this a fundamental change or is this a, t a transient, a temporary thing that you're looking at? Well, I mean, we don't know how long this moment in time is, but there's something going on that's different in here. And so my thing is, uh, you know, people came to us for help before. They were looking for helps and connections because either they were looking to build a tech business or they were looking to talk to their peers, kind of the folks that we address here, you know, the consultants who are talking to each other and kind of helping them out with that. And then, uh, you know, they're, again, people looking for jobs, looking to build their business, that kind of stuff. And I can't do that that way. And so now I got to do something else. And so quite frankly, you know, uh, what I'm using is Zoom to talk to folks. And the good news is if I show up in a moment like this, people are well lit. You can see their face. I can see whether we're connecting or not connecting and we can still be of help. So this week I've been talking to folks who are looking for work. For them, this is kind of stalled. But I've talked to other people in their business. I've talked to both people who have millions of dollars worth of business that immediately went to hold when things go to quarantine, right? So that, that immediately went to stop. And I've talked to other folks who's like, their business in this space as a service thing, it's, they're unaffected. They said, I've been working at home. I've been doing that for a while. I really can't tell any difference from day to day because basically the work comes in, I'm doing my work, I'm shipping it back out. And they feel unaffected by it other than the fact that they may have kids in another room of the house that they didn't have before. We are used to working from home. So global management consulting firms are fairly good at, uh, you know, setting up infrastructure and letting their employees work from home because, well, if they want their employees to work for 16 hours a day, 10 hours in office, six hours at home. So we have already been doing that. It's not anything new for us. Um, but what's different is um, at least once in a while, we used to go and, have those meeting with our clients and things which you can do in person. It's very difficult to do it uh, over the phone or over the web conferences and things like that. So that's like an interesting dimension, but I don't think that's a, that's a major problem. And I think world will be able to, our management consultants would be able to uh, go past that barrier. Um, so for us, it's not a major problem. The problem is more on the client side. And what we are hearing is, uh, many of our clients do not have this, um, you know, complete culture of working from home. So they do not have infrastructure set up. They do not have, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, allowances where uh, your people can work from home for five days a week. So for them, it's a significant learning curve uh, because they try to balance. So work from home for them was probably 20% one day a week, but the rest of the four days they used to be in the office. So that's a good balance for them as well. So now they are coming to us and saying that, can you educate us on how to optimize uh, remote working, help us set up the infrastructure, help set up the operating model to support this. So those kind of service offerings are being asked from, you know, my current company. Uh, and, you know, we are looking at creating some of the offerings in those areas. It's opportunistic, but I think our client needs help and we will raise our hand to solve any problem they want us to. So, so that's, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting because you talked about, you know, the way of work for a consultant, this tip that is used to working remotely or virtually mm. and making use of the tools and the technology. 
Um, the clients maybe not so much. Um, but you know, I'm I'm kind of you know I'm kind of interested in this idea of the face to face, right? Because I mean, and we've talked a little bit about this before. You know, I'm a big believer in you know I need I need to have I, in order for me to establish rapport, right, and make a connection. We got to be together. We got to yes. go get a drink. We gotta you know we gotta shoot the shit in a in a, a conference room with whiteboards and you know and yeah, as good as the tools are. I mean, I don't know that it's the same. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I mean, a, a simple- well, let me add, So in that bit, Chris, I mean, I yeah. think you're right. In that it's not the same, but oh my God, how much better were you off we are than when we were used to do conference calls, right? Yes. And basically when it was just a telephone, everyone's hiding. And so I never get to look. So, I mean, even now I'm thinking I have several Zoom calls in, right? But I get to see Carol's eyes. I get to see Shashi's eyes. I get to see your eyes. Are you paying attention? Is this part of the conversation? Does this make sense to you? Are you puzzled? I mean, I get to see that by just looking at your face. So there is a lot that is lost. I don't get to smell you. I don't get to run my fingers through that really great hair. But, you know, yeah, you'd have to do that yourself. But I mean, but the idea is I can see is what I'm talking about landing. Do you understand? Do we understand each other or not? I think we're a we are we are so much better where off than where I remember being ten years ago, for example. I'm going to argue with you though, Phil, because while we do have the tools, and yes, it is a matter of bringing the skill set in. The hesitation that I'm seeing—I just got off the phone with a major client the other day who said, "We have the WebEx, we have all the tools, we can't get people to turn their cameras on." Oh so yeah, this isn't well, just a matter of having the skill set. You've got to have the mindset that says. I'm willing to connect this way, even when hair and makeup aren't going to be here beforehand, even though you're going to see my kitchen, even though you're going to see my dog walk through or my, my, my spouse in their pajamas. There's a whole nother set that's gone on here. And now we add in kids because while consultants are all used to working from home, they are not, they're also used to having childcare yes, yes. or schools, right? Go ahead. No, so, I, no think, I think I want to highlight one thing. Um, sorry, Phil, just, no, uh, you raised few good points. First thing, Phil, I think if you remember when we were talking about digitization and all this, uh, probably about a year ago, uh, Chris, we had an extreme, right? We said on one side, Amazon, which is completely digital. On another side, you had like regular, uh, you know, stores, Ecme around the block, which is completely physical. The final solution is a fine balance between the two. I believe that's where we are heading towards right now. Second point I want to make is Carol, uh, Whatever you just said, demands for corporate policies for employees to mandate that they, they need to work from home and these are the policies or the protocols they need to follow. Right. So people will be more dismissed. So right now I'm sitting on my dining table. You see my beautiful thing. If I turn the camera, you will say that where, where is he staying, right? <laughs> so yeah. Wait, wait, so hold people, on, hold on, yeah. hold on a second. You just said you see my beautiful thing and you pointed at your head. Was that no, the, oh, yeah, oh, oh, okay. Whatever, some mirror and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is it is going to demand a proper definition of corporate policies and the guidelines and ethics to work from home. And companies need to be a little bit considerate with a dog running by us or a child. They need to get used to those little nuances as long as it doesn't hamper that. So we are, we are going to find that right balance. I think time has come. We are going to do that. Sorry, go ahead. So go ahead, Carol, um, I want to hear your response to that. And then I have sort of a follow-up question about your way of working because it's a little bit different than the rest of us. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and, and to that point, I think one of the pieces that we're really seeing, and this is, this is right now, is the understanding that the longer this goes on, the more companies are going to benefit for, or see the potential benefits from not having um, their employees wrapped up in huge commutes, not having brick and mortar to support them. And it's going to change the, the cost factors of having to put everybody at home. It's easier to buy more internet than it is to buy more physical space. So I think that the mindset now that we're trying to talk about is assume this is going in for the long term. Because while consultants are, have been working, and tech people have been working from home for years, I think that those workers who weren't the discover people, for example, um, that I think we were talking about earlier, or just other places that are sending people home, I think this is going to be the new norm. And so the skill set and the and to your point, Shashi, about putting in the mandates that this is what you're going to do are going to come along. But I still think you're going to get resistance to, well, I know I'm supposed to turn on my camera. I know I'm supposed to have eye contact with you. But, you know, T, um, my dog ate my, my computer and I just can't. I think you're going to have so much resistance because there's something about a camera that is not the same as being in a room live. If I'm sitting there talking to Chris in a, in a conference call, I can't see myself. But as soon as I turn on a camera, I get to see me and people get just freaked out about that. So yeah. add onto itself as a new skill. So there's a couple things I, I take I take notes right when I hear great ideas. Um, you know, I I do want to come back. I want to talk about sort of the costs and the opportunities around this because I have a couple hypotheses on this that I've been uh, sharing with. Well, let's see, no one, myself in this room, <laughs> right? Um, as I said, but um, and I, I do want to ask you a question here in a second. But I also wanted to comment on what you just said, and that sort of was a throwback to what I was saying earlier. I think. Look, look, if you are in a conference room at a table with other people, you have a sense of the presence of other people in the room. And when you have that sense, you're not going to pick your nose, right? Or, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, that sort of, you have a, you have a sense of being, it, this is, look, I love you all, but like, this is not the same. There is no sense of presence here, right? I, I mean, honestly. And so I think you can, you can become, um, you know, unconscious or subconscious, sub on whatever, one of the conscious, you know, below the regular conscious level, you're, you're making decisions and doing things that ordinarily you wouldn't do with that sense of presence and with people in the room. So maybe there's some thoughts on that, but Carol, I, I did want to sort of wrap up sort of talking about this way of working and, and talk about your way of working because, you know, um, you know, Shashi and I both travel a lot. I know you travel a lot. Um, but I think your travel is a little bit different because well, Shashi and I will go to a client and, and um, execute an engagement over many, many weeks or months, or in my case, years, right? Um, you know, there's that. I know you you tend to do slightly different uh, types of engagements. So yeah. can you give us like the, the two minutes on how it's impacting your way of work? Oh yeah, it's, I mean, this is, uh, this wiped out a calendar overnight. I was actually in Paris when the first, um, when Italy was in the middle of, was at the beginning of its meltdown and, and then they were starting to get an outbreak in Paris and we actually interrupted a, a senior level program to send everybody home because we had no idea what the governments were gonna do and nobody wanted to get um, the borders shut down on them. So my, I spent a lot of time in facilitated conversations with uh, anything from six, you know, three of the C-suite or to a hundred of, of other levels. So a huge piece of my business model was to be in person. And a huge piece of that was, was also in the training of the skills on how to be in person, how to be influential, how are you connecting. And, and coming back to the opening conversation, the hand 
handshake is a huge part of it. There is an intimacy that have the web of a hand touched another web of a hand, and in a six-second handshake, it is a profound amount of, converse, of intimacy that happens in bonding. And we don't have that now. And we have artificial eye contact. It's better than nothing and far better to Phil's point than it was. But we're missing all of the dynamics of communication, the visual, the, the movement of the hands, all of those pieces. So we're really, we're limited hugely. Now my business model would also include on-site executive coaching, partially because of what you're just saying. If you're going deep inside somebody's experience and, and getting into some challenging issues, it's really nice to get a six hour day, one-on-one, -on -one, just letting the conversation go where it needs to go, talking about solutions with, with time and energy and, and that's the kind of thing that is almost, in fact, it is impossible to recreate virtually. Nobody's going to sit on a WebEx or a, a Zoom call for six hours and have the same experience. Right. So we've had to, to pivot everything. And now we have to demonstrate everything we've ever taught. And the, the big calls we're getting now are, can you come on and, and take our group through a, what an, what's an actually good conference call? Can you take our group and talk about how to get engagement without cameras and with them? We need both. And so those are the skill sets we're being called on now. And it's, it's a very different model. Almost everything's going to be virtual. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. And I, I want to talk about technology in a little bit, right? Because I, I do think, look, I mean, there's a difference between doing a Zoom and, you know, having a full Cisco telepresence suite, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's be honest, right? right. Um, and, and, I mean, yes. I mean, I've been in sessions uh, hosted by my company before where we're, we have coaching and we have speakers in the room. And there's a there's a dynamic quality to it because in the room I have a field of vision that's like this and I can see someone over here yeah. and how their body language is reacting and I can see someone over here you know maybe not simultaneously but sort of at the same time this is very like I can yeah. see this in this camera right. and that's it right. no and, and um, uh, Chris we like most of the time when we are in a client presentation, client executive presentation, more than the content of the presentation, we are observing their body language. By that, we know whether we are going in the right direction or not. So I, I kind of agree with you. One thing I want to point out is we are used to web conferencing, but hosting a workshop online yeah. is not easy. We are looking at the tools. You can get the tools, best tools of the world, but executing or running a workshop or something what Phil does, doing it virtually, it's yeah. it's not easy. I think you will not even get close to uh, what you desire. And I, I want to pick up on that thread because you, you know, yeah. and I, I think we could talk about the technical aspects of this forever. But right. you mentioned Phil, and I know you know Phil's business model is let's get everyone in a room and have a conversation. Yes. Phil, yes. I saw an experiment that was run on Thursday of this past week, in which. Um, well, why don't you tell us about that experiment? It's yeah, good. and I'll tell you, it really was an experiment, right? I wanted to see, does this work? Can it work? And it just was an amazing thing to watch. And that was, you know, I've got a group of cats that you know well that get together and smoke cigars typically on Thursday night. Been doing this for almost 12 years. In two or three weeks, it'll be 12 years. And, uh, well, you were there at the beginning, so you remember. But that whole thing was... I mean, and I thought, oh, you know what? We're quarantined. Nothing's going to happen. This will just go quiet. But I had two, it, well, actually, it ended up being three. Three different people reach out to me and say, we got to do something. We have got to get this group together. And I said, okay, this is nuts. But I'll tell you what, I'll run a Zoom call. And basically, we had, in the end, we had 18 people show up on a Zoom call 
two, each of them sit in their own backyards with a lit cigar and a drink in their hands mm. and talk about what they're drinking or smoking. Now, here is the thing about that, right? I, I, again, I wouldn't have believed this was going to work, but it did. Um, I actually got back notes from the participants on how there were ways in which this was better than being around the room. I mean, they're not saying we would do this instead of it, but they're saying, you know, it was really cool because when we have a table and there's 20 people at it, I don't get to hear the conversation at the other end of the table. But yeah. this was a perfect round table environment and everybody got to talk, everybody got to hear everybody, and it actually worked. And I'm cool. hearing it's all, the, all over the place that the, one of the biggest losses over the past two weeks is the socialization. Yeah. That people are just missing casual conversation. I had a client yesterday say that they actually leave a line open so that as each of them is working from home, they can just say, hey, Tom, what do you think about that? Without having to do connections, they're, all, they're just leaving it open, which has got to be devastating to the internet. But nevertheless, they're, they're, they're trying to recreate that, that comfort, mm -hmm. that casualness that you're talking about, which doesn't require all this formality of let's set up a meeting. It's just conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's, to, you know, to your point on that bit, right? So, you know, we, Chris, you and I did that yesterday, I guess it was. And I just said, I said, it's just, let's pop and make it. But the idea is removing the barriers to communication is the trick, right? I mean, or lowering the barriers, right? So it's already hard. I can no longer, we no longer have that ability of like, I just bumped into some dude in the hall. And so I talked to him in the hall. Right. You know, I mean, we always talk about water cooler. I don't know if that right. still gets done. But I mean, I bumped, I mean, this morning, it's seven o'clock in the morning. I'm going up and down Main Street in Greenville. And I bump into a guy who wants to do something with me. And so we now, of course, we do it six feet apart, but we have that conversation. But those, conver those are lost because we are not, we have lost, my favorite word, propinquity, right? We are just, that ability to bump into each other is lost. Wait a second. Propinquity. Propinquity. What was that word? You got to spell that for me. Yeah, I'm going to need some, a spelling on that, please. Wait, wait. This is, this is the sort of thing Bill Bensing normally does. Are you taking up the mantle? For <laughs> no, 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 no. The word thing, that's my thing. The obscure reference to a book no one's read. That's Bill's thing. <laughs> Oh, I miss Bill. I got to meet Bill. He's not even here to defend himself. It's, yeah. it's, what was, you, you, come on. What was you, that word for the You've for actually the read the book, you know, How to Get Dirt Off My Hands, right? No, the... Um, no, propinquity, right? That whole that that it's a it's a combination of pro proximity and repeatability, right? Yeah. Showing up and touching and being around people again and again and again, you build relationships, and we've lost propinquity, right? So we don't have that capability. And the idea is, well, how can we do that? So how can we lower the barrier? So like yesterday, I did a real casual thing with Carol, and I said, uh, just pop, I'm here on the call. So. I'm going to set up in my line, you know, you said we can't be on the phone all the time, but I'm going to set up a thing where it says, I am sitting at my desk working. And if you want to zoom in on me here, you can see that I'm here and available. Just pop in and talk if you want to talk. Right. And you can do that with okay. zoom. I've, I've run into another community that they keep a zoom channel open 24 hours a day. Hmm. But, you know, you, but, 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 but you know, all of, all of you with these solutions are taking one thing for granted which is internet bandwidth. It's right. not unlimited. It well, is not unli if you are doing that, then probably you are, uh, you know, stripping someone away uh, from the bandwidth they need, uh, probably a hospital or the provider right next door. So we got to be cautious of, I'm sorry to spoil the party, but we got to be cautious of those things. If we are trying to leverage this, it's not unlimited. We know right. network bandwidth is limited. Right. 
Phil, I both hated Phil, it. I paid Phil, for it. So. Phil's cigar smoking party is killing people in, in Italy. Is that what you're saying, Sean? No, no, no. Not keeping it open, undefinite. You know, doing it one hour, two yeah, hours is I, fine. I, I hear what you're saying. Oh, don't forget, this is packet switch. And if there's not a bunch of data going over, it's compressed. And it's, it's yeah. not taking up. A, I mean, a dead channel does not take up a bunch of bandwidth. But I understand your point. We shouldn't be tearing that away from everybody. Let's use this stuff responsibly. What are those impacts from a technology perspective and, and what are some ways that we can work around them? Well, I mean, you know, if, let me just say first, Chris, that this is more than a technology problem. It's a people problem. Is it a people problem? If no, I think it, I think it, I think it really is a people problem. And so when I'm in this case, what I, and I'm sorry, I don't have my, my copy is across the room. I can't just grab it and reference it, but as a people, I mean, but the issue is, you know, and I think Carol is hitting this right. And that is, uh, there are people who are uncomfortable with this, uncomfortable with the idea. And so we have to get them, like I did with the cigar therapy thing. Thank you, people problem. Got that? Look at that. Written by Chris Lockhart. I, I have, I just, I keep it right here. And I just managed to, yeah. managed to keep, yeah, mine's across. Available on Amazon. It maybe is pertinent now more than ever. Yeah. But I, I, how do we get those barriers down? So again, I've had a successful experiment, but there's at least one person that didn't show up and their response was too geeky for me, right? And they did, basically, they're saying, I'm not comfortable with the technology. So my thing is, how do I create low stakes poker? How do I remove the barriers so it's easier? Now, let me just say, I've done the same thing with live events in the past, right? IT people do not naturally congregate and talk to one another. So I had to get over that barrier. I have to get them to say, look, man, this is easy. This is not good. I'm going I'm to take all the scary bits out of this. And I think we have to take the scary bits out of it as well. And I, I'm going to tell you, I wrote notes on here. I said, all right, Carol and I need to get together and we need to do a little thing where we talk to people who aren't comfortable in their video conference because they're afraid of the kids. They're afraid of looking bad. They're afraid of sounding bad. They're afraid of how do I not have a bunch of other noise? Why am I not well lit? You know, why, you know, who, who do I, will I get to do my hair before I go on camera? Right? Or, or, or just a simple, wow, am I really that ugly? You know, <laughs> yeah. and the stakes are high. This is the thing that we got to remember too. This isn't a casual conversation where you say, well, am I going to be able to network? This yeah. is my boss. My clients are on the line seeing this. Exactly. No, I, I, I agree. And I agree entirely. That's, ex I mean, this, and my point is, how do I get all of that fear out of that for them? How do I get them over that bit? You know, when Carol was talking about earlier about how do I equip my company, right? So, you know, before it was, a, well, I had to have a laptop and maybe a VPN, but now I've got to include a headset. I got to include a butterfly lighting, a step and repeat background and, uh, you know, and then extras to come in and off the set as needed. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I was thinking, right? So um, I'm about to join a new firm in about a week's time. So as part of my onboarding, I just don't need laptop. I need a separate screen, which they need to provide me. I need a headset. So onboarding process has to, you know, adapt to itself so that they equip a person um, based on whatever they need. Like last one week, I've been having challenges to being on the client call. We are uh, completely forgetting million multi-million kids who are getting online education right now right. so my daughter sitting she is doing live streaming on zoom because right. zoom ceo has been nice and he gave uh, all the schools access to zoom free so they do zoom and all the video conference call at the same time i'm having my webex meeting and it's significantly delayed and i have to apologize because i think our infrastructure is still not yet equipped to take that kind of load completely so that's right. the fundamental Right. And let's get back into the, you said something earlier, Shashi, that I, I really wanted to address, which you said, we've been doing this for years. 
What we haven't done, though, is had this as the only opportunity. So maybe we've had those conference calls, and I call them the eye-rolling calls because nobody's excited about hearing about a conference call. They could be, but they need techniques and skills to be able to manage it. But now it's the only option. So now your day has gone from suffering through a few calls to absolute misery of 24-7 of bad calls because the leadership is a huge issue in this. And that's where I come back to it's a people problem. And I think the solution in part is that you got exactly. But I think you got to start with the top because being on camera and being engaging, taking risks like asking questions and knowing how to do it in a way so you don't end up with that horrific career defining pause and knowing how to manage those kinds of things is something that's going to have to start at the top in a vulnerable place because sure. that's what's going to let other levels be able to say, it's okay, I'm willing to be vulnerable too. So, so we have to Sorry. No, I, I just, uh, because on that, on that thread, right? I mean, look, we, we've been talking about like, oh yeah, you know, your, your uh, personal skills and your EQ and all, all that's really important and stuff like that. But we all know people in leadership that have none of that stuff still today yeah. in 2020, right? Is this, is this an inflection point um, in terms of maybe, maybe way of work or technology that needs to be in place as Shashi was discussing? Or as Carol was discussing, is this an inflection point on, you know what, if you can't engage with an audience, no matter how smart you are, your day is just over, right? The clock's been ticking on you for a while, but now you're done. And there are many people who can't uh, adapt to this style of communication. It's, it's not easy for, it's not cut for everyone. So some people are um, not that skilled, but some people just can't do it. They will have to pick up this new skill. So they will have more challenges than anything else. Right. And this has been true for people who have been thrust into global leadership over the past two decades, where they've suddenly discovered that their, their leadership skills are, are very difficult to translate. I think the tech is the next translation. So now you're crossing cultures, you're crossing languages, you're crossing ideas, and now you're even crossing into what technology do you have and how fast can the internet servers even keep up with all of this? It's, this is absolutely a transition point. But I don't think, is it tech or is it human? I think it's both. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely. Yeah. I mean, tech, tech is, is for it, humans. Is it an inflection point? In other words, is there, is there no going back from this? It's a fundamental shift, permanent. Well, I think it is. In, in that, well, one thing, what you said, is it an inflection point, right? So I think a bit of significance will be, you know, oh, this just seems like it's what normal kind of looks like and people won't care until, you know, there'll be some big story about how somebody either got a great customer or lost a job because of something stupid on camera, right? That is absolutely going to happen, right? But in terms of this, not only are we going to get used to this because this is going to be protracted, right? We're not talking about two or three days. We're going to be at this for some a while or a couple of whiles. Uh, so we're going to have to get good at it. But other thing is, it's getting rolled out to all of our kids, right? Everyone right. who's got a grade school age kid or a high school or whatever, middle high school, this technology is rolled out to them. And this is yeah. the way they're going to learn from their teachers. Yes. And you know, the next generation, when they get into the workforce, they're going to go, well, what do you mean I got to go show up for that meeting? Why can't you just, you know, whether the word is still yeah. Zoom at that time, right? But it's why can't you VidConf me in, you know, which then will be 3D. They're just going to completely and utterly expect it. Yeah. And then you cut down on the travel or commute time. So your number of hours left to actually do something increases significantly. Of course, you compromise on that human or uh, personal touch to that. 
but I mean, well, but we'll still really... do that because we're driven to that, right? We want yeah. to accumulate, we want to congregate, yeah. but that is going to happen when it's easy. And we'll do that because we want to. But the fact is, if you just need to tell me something quick, why would you not zoom that to me? Or if you need to even look me in the eye, but I can avoid travel time, why would you not zoom me, right? It's going to be something different. You know, we're not going to do our Christmas parties on Zoom, right? I mean, we're going we're gonna to want to get together and share that time, that camaraderie face-to-face if we can. I, I don't know. I was with a group of leaders, and they were sitting there having an argument. This is good leaders arguing about how to reward their, their people. And they were talking about they'd given out all this money. There was a number of very well doing very well software leaders in there. And I raised my hand and said, you know, why don't you take all those reward dollars that you want to give? They've already given a fair number. And I said, why don't you take what's left and put them in a room? Because what you're missing is that's what people really want. They want to shake hands. They want to have casual conversation. They want to break bread together. And you'd have thought that I had suggested they paint themselves purple and go dancing in the streets. They were so surprised by that concept. And I thought, okay, this is where, and this was in the tech field. They just didn't even value that. So I think that there's going to need to be voices like yours, Phil, that say, don't forget the people. And in, I mean, I agree with you, but there are some companies culturally who are very rigid that they want, like Chris, it happens in our case. They want consultants to be there Monday to Friday all the time. Right. What they don't understand is they're spending very high dollars on people's travel and expenses as well. When you can be smart about it, you know, plan ahead and, you know, call that person for a day, come in the morning, go in the evening, do your workshop, whatever you need to do. So they will start opening up a lot more because our client culture is going to change. This new medium or not new, but this uh, expanded use of this type of technology is actually going to encourage us to ask more questions because we don't have the benefit of being in the same room and getting the body language and quite right. And I don't know, pheromones or whatever, right? Like we, we don't have that luxury. So now we actually have to ask more questions. How are you feeling? You know, I don't know, whatever the, whatever the questions are with our clients. Yeah, yeah the escape zone is huge. And, and so let's take the video out of this. And there's all sorts of reasons and excuses they'll give you as to why they can't possibly be on video. And now you have no idea if they're there. And you don't know what's happening. You don't know if they're listening. You don't get to see their eyes. You don't even know if they're on the call or if they're doing their emails, and you can pretty much assume they are. Whatever distraction is an option, you can assume they're being distracted, which means you have to do little things like use names, um, set them up for success, and, and this is one of my biggest arguments. I never want somebody to fail because of my system for communicating with them. So if I'm gonna talk to Phil, I'm not gonna say, so here's my big important point. Now, Phil, what do you think of that? I'm gonna say, hey, Phil, in just a minute, I'd really like to get your thoughts on this. And so I'll be over there in a second to give you a chance to unmute. Now, he's also got a chance to think and to pay attention to what the question is. Right. And what I'm doing is I'm being a buddy. Right? I'm saying, here's my engagement. And by the way, Phil, this question is going to be about how you think, not a yes, no. Do you agree? Because if I say, do you agree? And Phil is the least bit of an introvert who doesn't want to make waves. I'm not going to hear what he really thinks. I'm not getting his genius out of him. These are the kinds of things that we've always needed as leadership, but they've never been more tested than when they're done by technology. What, what, what can come out of this for the average technologist that may not like people? <laughs> yeah, well, again, I think, you know, for the people who are out there doing the work in this moment, I mean, a lot of times, you know, what my concern for them is, are they staying connected with 
you know, the folks who are supplying them with that work and with the team members as they need to? Are they, be, are they able to, to do that effectively? And the thing is, this can be quite uncomfortable. And, you know, my tip for somebody in that space is to say, it, just admit that up front. Say, you know what? I'm I'm doing I'll do I'm going to do this Zoom call with you but I'm going to tell you right away. I don't think my hair is going to be right. I've never done this before. I'm afraid of this be looking dumb even on this, but I'm willing to have this conversation with you. So if I get something wrong, let me know and just up front say I'm not quite okay and it's and, and the thing is everyone will be appreciative of that cuz no one's okay at the moment, right? So just just call that out where you can call that out. But is it an opportunity? It absolutely is. And again, I had the I had the chance this week to be coaching somebody who is between gigs, right? So their whole thing is they were finishing off some work. It was timed poorly for them, right? They got to go find new work, and they clearly did not have the social wherewithal to get themselves ready to do what we're doing right now, which is talking to people on video to find that next gig. And it what they're for their skill set, it's going to involve some selling and some discovery. And they're going to have to be able to ask good questions and be able to interact with people in a way that they'll come to trust them. I think that's hard if you don't just start here practicing the skills. And quite frankly, you know, just pull up a Zoom and talk to your neighbors or your kids yeah. or family members yeah. just to practice yeah. being on this space and saying, what do I get wrong? You know, again, Get yourself into some low stakes poker games so that when you go to these one where the stakes matter, you'll be better at it. So, uh, you know, I want to bring up sort of a perennial question I have on this thread, right? Which is, are, the, are those soft skills learnable? Absolutely. Yeah, I think well, it's tractable. I'm I mean, not, I don't think I, they came to it naturally, but I think, they, I mean, if anybody who cares to learn can learn, I'm of, of the opinion that any ordinary school, skill that one human has acquired, another human. I get it. I might not perform at the top level. I might not be an Olympic athlete, but I can run down the street. It looks bad, but I can get it done. I can get the job done, right? Are you going to come out looking like you're, you know, the Steve Jobs of presenters on the first round? Absolutely not. And you may never get there, but that's not where the level of communication needs to happen. This is, you don't need to be 100% awesome in order to be a good, impactful communicator. But you do need some core skills to make it not suck. So okay, so you know we talk, we've talked about like the impact to to working. We've talked about um, the importance of relationships and the the face to face. We've talked about some of the new tech that um, potentially uh, could be a, applied to the new way of working. If we can, can we bring it home uh, for each of us and sort of talk about personal impact for a minute because we are human beings, right? So, I mean, I'll go first, right? I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, Shashi, you mentioned at the beginning, right? We're management consultants, we're used to sort of working from home. I am, right? Fridays, right, typically. Uh, but this is a whole new level, right? And even the odd time when you're working at home for a week or you're not traveling or whatever, this was a very stressful uh, week for me, right? Um, school's out, I'm, I'm educator in chief um, during the day. Um, obviously things have to happen around the house when, you know, when there are more people in the house, there, there seems to be this like increase in the number of dirty dishes, right? So that yes. has to get taken care of, right? So, you know, um, the stay at home dad thing, um, I, I mean, I, I've had to reschedule my morning meetings going forward because it's sort of like, look, I got, I have responsibilities now that while they may have existed before, they're now thrust upon me in a more immediate fashion, right? I've got to get the breakfast going. I've got to do the 
the education and get the school stuff squared away. And then I've got to do my work. Right. So I personally, I mean, I'll also say, you know, I happen to like the travel, right. I, I enjoy <laughs> travel and um, yeah, I take a break from it every now and then, but uh, the, you know, faced with the, the notion that, you know, potentially weeks, months of this. And, you know, again, by the time this is out, it may be, you know, completely obsolete what I just said, but um, you know, I think it's it's added a new dimension in how I think about my work and how I engage with my work. So that that's sort of my personal impact. I don't know, Carol. What, what how are you mentioned being in Paris when this happened? I imagine that was pretty yeah. scary. Yeah, I don't um, I don't actually have kids, so being home is is not the same impact for me. It's not being on the road that that feels so bizarre. You know, I'm I'm normally on the road three at least three weeks out of the out of the month um it's rare that i'm home for a, a, and the idea that i've been home this long is bizarre i went into self-quarantine after the little paris experience because there were all sorts of odd connections that of outbreaks that i was close enough to to be concerned about and so i've had more time one-on-one -on -one with my my partner here than we've had in years and while most of the time that's fantastic there are also moments where you think you know a little breathing room would probably be good for both of us. And I know he's used to having a lot more alone time because I'm not here. And I'm certainly used to just checking out. And, you know, when I'm on the road, I put it, I go into my laptop, never to be seen again until I come back home. And, and now it's like, oh, yeah, we have, okay, let's go have dinner. And, oh, yeah, there's, oh, there's lunch. Okay. And it's, it's such a different rhythm to the day that, and the focus is so, so differently organized. And I, I find it takes conscious effort and reminding that this is the new norm yeah. and just get used to it because if I fight it, it's going to make me crazy. And if I worry about when the next, when the next time I'm getting on a plane is, that's going to make me crazier. So I'm just going with, this is the new norm, find a way to, to make this work and assume it's going to be until further notice. Yeah. And I, I, I should have mentioned my, my wife um, is her, facilities are still open. She's still working this week. So week one of the quarantine, um, I didn't have that, you know, hey, I need some space issue. But going forward, I can see how, you know, we're going to need to find our own parts of the house to escape to. <laughs> Bless her heart. Um, anyway, uh, Phil, I know you've got kids. I know you, you're, you're um, you know, you're not too far away from me physically, but I know social distancing, we, we haven't been able to get together in a while. What, how is this impacting? How, how is this impacting you? Yeah, it, so for me, you know, I had moved in my office into the house some time back, so that part's the same, except now I'm sharing an open floor plan office space with, you know, kids and pets and interactions and all kinds of stuff that I wasn't normally expecting. So, and, you know, and again, like you, my wife's been out this week, but I suspect that she will soon be in the house more. So again, we've got to figure out how we find space. So that might be good because it might be a chance for us to kind of get through some of that stuff where we're not used to doing that. We'll just have to figure that out, won't we? Um, but, you know, I've also noticed that, you know, this is a stressful time for all of us. We've all kind of a grokked to that already, but we're taking it at different loops, right? So I might be at a high point where I feel like I've got it really well situated and my wife or my kids might be really stressed out at that moment. So then you got to deal with them and then it kind of levels itself at a new spot where you were, you're thinking, oh my God, I had this worked out. Poof, now I don't. And then they've got it worked out and you're feeling it. And so it just kind of goes back and forth. So I think uh, you have to give everybody a lot of room. And as I have said to my kids, you got to just be able to tolerate people turning in B plus work. 
um, you know, it's just good enough is going to have to be good enough for the moment. Yeah. And I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, there are all kinds of new routines that have to be established here, right? I mean, yeah, I, used I had to, all that. Yeah. I used to plan my, my Friday afternoons around, you know, carpool pickup. And now, like, that, you know, if I had a meeting, it would be, you know, in the car sometimes during that, that time period. But that's not happening anymore. So, I mean, it's, it's shifted all sorts of things around. Um, you know, Shashi, I know, I mean, you've got a beautiful little daughter. Her she's yes. Taekwondo, that's all been disrupted. And you're kind of, I mean, of all, of all of us, you're closer to, you know, you're, you're across the river from New York, right? So <laughs> yes. that's kind of a hot spot right now, you know? Exactly. So, you know, it's, uh, as far as work is concerned, there's not major change on the way we work because I've been not been traveling for a couple of months. So that kind of is not a problem. Only challenge I'm facing from work standpoint is the bandwidth because of it's getting hogged by, you know, online schools and people staying indoors, watching videos and stuff like that. And then that kind of hogs the bandwidth. That was the major one. Other than that, it becomes like, you know, um, our schools are very, very well prepared. So that way teachers have been getting on, they're giving them homework. But that school, like kind of interactive school gets over around 1230 or so after that, the homework, then I have to become a Taekwondo instructor. So, you know, I become an IT support guy of the house who is supporting them, configuring everything. And then I have to become a Taekwondo, you know, not an instructor, but somebody who coordinates on behalf of the coach who is live streaming the exercises because she competes at a serious level. Uh, We went to Florida for a U.S. Open tournament uh, so she if she is not you know practicing or uh, if she is not doing anything for a couple of weeks it's a major major setback to her um, hopefully tournament opens up nationals in july so playing multiple roles uh, i won't say um, it's a drastic change i'm enjoying it honestly speaking you know i think you know we've talked about ways that people can adjust to these new routines and um, some of the tech they can use there was one thing i failed to mention I mean, you know, the, the memes are always you know, on the internet is about how much alcohol everyone's consuming now. But, you know, I, I went sort of a different way, which may surprise people that know anything about me. I took up yoga, like online yoga, right? And it, I, I was like, ah, meh. Actually, it's surprisingly effective at, um, you know, controlling stress and um, all those healthy things. Um, and I think you know, part of this is going to be, you know, however long this goes, part of this is going to be a mind game, right? A mind exercise of how do I avoid, you know, overstressing on some of these things while also making sure that I engage in the things that I need to engage in. So guys, um, I really appreciate the time. Um, you know, Carol, again, welcome. Um, so Carol Hamilton, we had Phil Yanoff and we had Shashi Shramali. Um, I'm Chris Lockhart. So, uh, yeah, if you could, um, you know, Where's the where's the favorite? Is it up here or is it up here? The the like it's up the somewhere here, somewhere here. You know, like 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 the the podcast. <laughs> uh, visit us at uh, consultantsayingthings.com, um, and you know definitely on the YouTube channel uh, you can see all of our uh, old videos and uh, other relevant topics. So appreciate it. Thanks everybody for watching, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.